Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. Hi there, everyone. Andy Chrisinger here. I'm the director of coaching at Reboot, and I'm here with my colleague, Chris Vandenbrink. And Chris has been the director of our peer group program at Reboot for a number of years and teaches the content that we're going to be sharing with you today. And the topic of today's podcast snippet is inquiry, inquiry as a leadership skill. And we want to start by first just establishing what inquiry is and why we see it as an incredibly central and important leadership skill, but one that's often overlooked or not emphasized as much in the world of leadership. So Chris, maybe we can start by talking about inquiry. How would you define it? How would you explain the concept of inquiry? And then we can talk a little bit about why it's important as a leadership skill. Yeah, thanks for having me too, Andy. So to begin in its most general way of describing it, inquiry is asking questions, Mm -hmm. right? In contrast to making a statement or a declaration in which there's no question mark at the end, in inquiry, there is information that we do not have that we use a question to get to. But aren't leaders supposed to have all the answers? (laughs) Why would a leader be doing that? (laughs) Yes. Well, this is the thing. Leaders don't have all the answers, and this is where inquiry becomes a pretty important tool in their career. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about that. I mean, this is often, we call this, you know, one of the most central but underutilized leadership skills. So why would a leader want this skill? Yeah. So before even getting into that, I think it's important to kind of talk about the different types of inquiry that a leader might engage in. So when we're talking about asking questions, there's different types of questions, right? There are what we call closed probe questions, which are yes or no questions or either or questions in which the leader might be looking for one of a few responses. And then there's open questions in which the line of inquiry is more about discovering new information they didn't have before. Right, right. And this gets to the heart of why a leader might want to lean into inquiry is when they know the question that they need an answer for or the information they're looking for, perhaps closed probes can be useful. But in these situations or these environments in which we don't have the answer, we don't even know what the right direction to go is, can be really helpful to lean into open inquiry, open and honest questions. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just to build on that, in situations where we're dealing with high degrees of complexity, perhaps, where there's not a clearly defined right way to be doing something, perhaps where what's needed is innovation, more complex problem solving, These are all areas where inquiry as a leadership skill will be quite important. And then we've also spoken in other places about the concept of psychological safety and that if the leader is always speaking from a place of certainty, that doesn't make it really safe for others to ask questions or not have the answers. It's kind of modeling a behavior that we speak from a place of already having figured it out, Yeah, which can unfortunately reinforce the kind of behavior that is If I'm confused, I don't speak up. If I see perhaps we're about to, you know, drive this thing off a cliff, so to speak, I see a big problem there, I might not speak up because um, the leader seems quite certain and, you know, don't want to challenge that. So there's all sorts of things that a leader only speaking 
with certainty and from a place of advocacy and not modeling inquiry can actually keep really valuable information from finding its way out of silos and into the sort of the, the general knowledge base. That's exactly the word that I was thinking of is it, it can create the conditions where it's not safe to say I don't have the answer and perhaps not work across the across teams and create that silo effect, right? So it can really harm the flow of information in an organization. Right, right. I wonder if we might go a little bit further then and ground this in some of the, the real life examples that we see with our clients and uh, maybe share just a bit from our work directly with clients and client organizations. What are some of the ways that we see an inability or, or an underdeveloped ability to, to really do inquiry well showing up in our client work and what, what and the impacts of that? Yeah, where, where I see it show up the most is when a client is really struggling with what they think the intentions of someone else on their team are. Mm-hmm right, where they think, oh, this person just wants to undercut me or doesn't think I can get to the right solution. And they're saying all of these comments, these statements about what the other person is thinking without actually knowing what the other person is thinking. Mm -hmm. They've uh, jumped to a conclusion that may or may not be true and likely isn't true. However, we get into these cycles, these ruts of thinking and feeling where it becomes difficult to move out of it and not see the conclusion that we've jumped to. Yeah. yeah. These moments are incredibly uh, valuable to bring inquiry, especially open and honest inquiry into the equation. Yep. Yep. Okay. So the way I'd paraphrase that might be in situations where we become over-reliant on unchecked assumptions, uh, often about that have to do with the motivations or intentions of others that we're working with, that's an area where to be able to have access to inquiry, to be able to do that well can help us. Another thing that I think about is with leaders who are trying to, to build capacity in other members of their team, perhaps direct reports, if we fall into a trap where we think, okay, my job with this person is actually to, to always be telling them how to do their job always be telling them the right way to solve the problems that are in front of them, kind of mm. to be sort of almost like supporting through teaching only. Now, there certainly is a time to be directive and there's definitely a time to teach, particularly when people are have never done a, a thing before or have never faced a particular kind of challenge before. It can be helpful to teach and direct from that place of more experience. But often to only be doing that, we're not actually calling the other person into their resourcefulness and into their agency to the point where they might actually be finding solutions to problems that we could have never thought of. So to not be leaning into inquiry is just to be creating a dependency on on us as the leaders to have the right answers and tell people how to think. Absolutely. And a slight build is the idea of scaling an organization. Right. right? And tying right. that to like scaling is not just hiring more people that are going to be automatons to implement the work. Scaling is all about hiring people that can learn to think for themselves and solve the challenges in new frontiers. And inquiry as a means or a mechanism to scale is incredibly valuable. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I might just share one other thing that is just that I'll use, I'll borrow a phrase from Ed Shine, the humble inquiry on the part of a leader actually can help contribute to 
a sense of psychological safety on the part of others with less positional power and less positional authority because the leader is actually modeling a kind of vulnerability that says implicitly, I don't have all the answers and I need to rely on others in this system to help fill in a fuller picture here, to help contribute to the work that we're doing together. And that modeling from the person with more positional authority then makes it safe for others to do the same. So again, we have freer information flow, we have maybe less siloing happening on, you know, in the part of the organization. And to tie that to one more component that I think is really important to name is inquiry is not just for us to use on other people, it can also be incredibly helpful to get curious about what's going on for us in situations yes. yeah. as well. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I wonder why it's so important for me to feel like I have the answers all the time when we know, especially in this time, that that just can't be possible. So isn't that interesting? And what's going yes. on for me? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the life of, of curiosity. It's the life of self-actualization uh, to be turning that curiosity inward back on ourselves. In fact, probably is the very first move we should be making with inquiry before we tend to use it as a tool to support others. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of a quote that we often reference from our teacher, Parker Palmer, where he's talking about uh, Socrates saying the, the unexamined life is not worth living. And uh, he adds to that. And if you choose to live an unexamined life, be sure to choose a job that doesn't involve working with other people, which uh, you know, I think is a good reminder for, for leaders that the self-examination, the self-inquiry uh, should actually precede all, all of our other outward work as leaders. So if a leader listens to this and says, you know what, you, you've convinced me, I, w I need to up my game in the inquiry department, I'd like to get better at that. Maybe let's close with some practical ways that folks can begin practicing this skill and developing it. Yeah. So tying back to the differences of types of questions, right? There's closed probes and then there's more open and honest questions. When we're leaning into those open and honest inquiries, something that's really important to do is notice how our question is going to either expand or contract the possibilities for the person, right? Mm -hmm. So if we start with either this or either that, we're probably not in the open and honest realm, right? Right. We're calling uh, forth a binary response, yes or no, right? Yep, we're calling forth that, that limited amount of options versus an expanded amount of options, right? Yep. And some of the words that we might track that will let us know whether we're in open and honest mode is what, how, where, and when. Mm. Yep. So right. kind of the journalist questions, but without why. Without why. Yeah. yeah. Why is that so? It's because the question why often evokes a defensive response in the one being questioned, and right. we're, we'll, we'll tend to get a story that helps them rationalize their behavior versus actual open data about what's really going on in their thought process. Mm -hmm. So uh, perhaps a way, we'll give an example, say we're in a product review meeting and I'm, I'm the lead, I'm the manager in that meeting, and I'm really curious about why one of my team members 
spent their time last week working on this particular aspect of the product and not maybe what what we'd agreed upon in the roadmap. I could say, why did you spend your time last week doing that? Mm-hmm. Which would, which is a fair question in a sense in spirit, but is probably going to put that person on their on their back foot and encourage them to kind of spin up a rationalization for their behavior. But if I wanted to transform that question into more of a open, honest question, how might I reword that? Yeah. To me, what comes up is what were you trying to accomplish last week? Or what was, what was the goal of this action that you took? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more open. It's actually expanding the conversation. It's asking the person to, to speak from their experience as opposed to a story about their experience. Yep. Or a rationalization. Yeah. And then a, a quick build is the answer to that question will more likely shed light on the gap of information that perhaps this person needs in order to succeed in that project. Right. 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 Yeah. Which is you as a leader then builds those uh, trust resonant circuits with that employee. Yeah. 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 So what, what else might a, a leader who's wanting to work on this skill want to pay attention to? So another thing to pay attention to is what part of the situation or experience are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the problem or the person, right? Mm. Because oftentimes we focus just on the problem. And when we're focusing just on the problem, the intent often there is to fix or solve it for the person, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Which further reinforces their inability to solve it on their own. Whereas if we can shift slightly our attention to both the problem and the person, right? Which is gets to that question of like, what were you trying to accomplish last week? Yeah. Then we shift the focus to where it should be, which is on the agency of the person. Right. Right. Yeah. So building on that concept of questions, focusing on the person versus simply the thing or the problem. Sometimes if we want to practice inquiry, what we might find ourselves doing is just asking a bunch of questions about the plot, right? What happened (laughs) or what is happening? But when Chris talks about focusing on the person, the questions then become a way of helping me and the other person explore their own mental models and how they're experiencing the problem. And so there's appropriate times to explore the thing, the problem, or the it, so to speak. And then there are other times where if my goal is really to help this person that I'm leading develop more resiliency, deeper critical thinking, or an ability to move through this problem in their own kind of creative ways, then I want to be asking questions that get to their experience and how they're thinking about the problem. Yeah. That's really super helpful and a helpful nuance, I think. Yeah. And it might be as simple as shifting the, as a leader, the internal question from, what is the right answer, right? That you're going to have a comparison, yes or no, kind of in a binary way too, to where is this person getting stuck? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great thing. Where is this person getting stuck? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Anything else that we'd want to say to leaders who are stepping into this skill set? Yeah, one last thing that comes to mind is there's been a lot of research about asking questions and it seems like the thing that we should all do And sometimes I see leaders think that what they need to do is ask a question, but they've disguised what they really want to do, which is make a direct statement as a question. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 
And I just want to name that if what you want to do is make a statement or make a directive, then that's what should be done. Yes, yes. Yeah, I just to build on that, I see a lot of times leaders almost using questions as a more polite way to give directives. Yes. Yeah. And that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. If you want to advocate, advocate. If it's time to inquire, inquire. But don't misunderstand what we're saying here that, hey, this is really just about being nicer in your communication. Exactly. That's not what this is about at all. So don't use inquiry as a way to soften direction. It's just a different skill. It's a different tool in your toolkit to be used. Yeah, and, and one one last thing is, for some of us, it's a new skill altogether that we might not get right on the first time. And that's okay, right? One of the goals here is to notice that you there is another tool that you can draw from and to start practicing it. Because the more you do it, the better you'll get. Yeah, I think that's a perfect note for us to end on. It's just to begin to practice, maybe even find someone that can partner with you and give you some feedback as you're trying to, to engage in this new skill. And uh, hopefully this will be an additional tool in your toolkit that's in service of you and your team and the work that you're trying to do together. All right, thanks, Chris. Thanks, Andy. If you enjoyed this episode, Go to reboot.io slash podcast to listen to all five seasons of our podcast conversations and leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Ready for a more in-depth journey of radical self-inquiry? We've developed a new free five-day email course designed to explore and work with your shadow. Get started at reboot.io slash shadow.